Hi, everyone. This episode is a conversation I had with Jessica of Block and Main, uh, which will be linked in the show notes during the first week of Ontario's April lockdown, which would be the third Ontario lockdown and the fourth, um, including the federal. We talk a lot about how small businesses have been impacted by COVID and how they've innovated into things like e-commerce and DIY kits as a means of keeping the brand connected during a time when face-to-face business is impossible. That really seemed to be a big theme was just connectedness with clients and customers and prospects. We talk a lot about the different challenges businesses faced as well as how federal and provincial support mechanisms did or didn't work for certain businesses, especially startups. Overall, I was wholeheartedly impressed by this business story of resiliency and innovation, and I hope it brings as much perspective to you as it did to me. So enjoy. Hi, everyone. Daniel Foshe, real estate broker with Foch Family Real Estate. Uh, thank you for tuning into season six of the Brick and Mortar podcast. This season is called Localing or Low Calling, focused entirely on local businesses in the Ontario market. I'm going to start off with a little bit of housekeeping for this entire season of the podcast, just so you don't have to listen to me babble on indefinitely prior to each episode, though I will include it at the beginning of each episode so you can skip it if you wish. So firstly, thank you for your patience in dealing with the delayed start of the season. I was in the process of onboarding a new sponsor, which I'm excited to announce. This is a series I've been wanting to do for a while, but couldn't quite muster up the resources to contact and schedule with local businesses at scale. Um, Then about three weeks ago, I posted a hilarious Austin Powers meme video, and it was shared by tens of thousands of local business people. And it felt like something between serendipity and fate that presented me with the opportunity to connect with the guests that I wanted to. Um, Secondly, before I get started, I would also like to mention that this season of the podcast is sponsored by Pop-Up Shop. That's spelled P-O-P-P-U-P dot S-H-O-P, like Pop Pup, because their logo is literally a puppy holding a balloon, which is adorable. Pop Up is a business that describes themselves as short-term retail, which is basically a marriage between Airbnb and commercial leasing. Their goal is to play a role in the renewal of the Ontario commercial real estate in a post-pandemic economy. Uh, by removing the barrier to entry for small businesses and simultaneously helping landlords to mitigate the impact of the vacancies that we're about to see. I've been invited to beta test their platform prior to its launch after Ontario lockdowns, which is how I got involved with them. Uh, Pop-Up has also invited any of my guests and listeners to join in their beta phase. You can learn more at their website, poppup.shop, which will be linked in the show notes on the podcast and on YouTube. I know I previously stated I likely wouldn't have sponsors on this podcast because the content works well for me as a lead generation tool. Um, But I am really interested to see what these guys are doing in the commercial market. um, And hopefully we'll have further involvement with them down the road as they they launch in the post-pandemic economy. And finally, if you know anyone who runs a local business that's been impacted by COVID in any way, positively or negatively, I'd love to hear from you. I am virtually unlimited in the number of conversations I'm willing to have about this topic. 
and I'd like to explore the topic exhaustively before I move on. So if there's any entrepreneurial guests you'd like to hear on the podcast, please reach out to me and make an introduction or a request, and I'll do my best to feature them on the low-calling season. Without further ado, please enjoy this episode. So Jessica, Daniel Foch here, um, doing my new season on the Brick and Mortar podcast, specifically focused on small business uh, and local business, a lot of which is sort of because I do work with a lot of commercial investors and developers and, and sort of wondering what the, the demand side of the retail environment is thinking about how things are going to look moving forward. Um, so I wanted to touch a little bit on that and then also sort of just perspectives on, on the lockdown and what different industries have been impacted and how. Um, so I was just wondering if you could start off by introducing yourself and uh, your role within the business that you have, um, and then we can go from there. Perfect. So I am Jessica, co-founder of Block and Main Hair Studio. We are a woman-run business located in Mississauga and Port Credit area. And we have really just been kind of suffering through all these continuous lockdowns. And now going forward, we're starting to worry about what all of this media messaging is going to do in terms of like changing how people even look at the salon industry in general. Right. So it's been, it's been very tough kind of like navigating all of these new restrictions and as a business and a small business trying to figure out how to accommodate people and adapt to all of these changes we've been doing a bunch of stuff but at the end of the day it just feels like a chicken with your head cut off trying to keep up with everything that's been going on for sure for sure yeah and I think it's you know the nice part for small businesses is that in a lot of cases they do have the agility to adapt to changes but yeah you know, it, it also seems like massive businesses are being given a, a bit of an unfair advantage in such that they're not even really being expected to adapt to the changes, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. So do you guys currently, so you guys have a location right now? Uh, yeah. Okay. And then how did you find like when, you know, lockdown 1.0 happened, did you find that like the support systems were necessary or even helpful? um that the government put in and because i've heard sort of mixed reviews one was like it was almost more headache than it was worth to get them and then the other one is because you were shutting down and then reopening getting them a second or third time after you had gone off of them became like this this nightmare for a lot of businesses so for us because we are a newer small business so we only started out in the beginning of 2020 right. we actually didn't qualify for any help from the government Right. So in terms of funding or grants or rent relief, because we were a new business, we didn't receive anything at all. So that was that was kind of shocking to us. And I do mm -hmm. understand it a little bit in terms of like they have to have some kind of cutoff. Yeah. But as a business that was when we were open, contributing a lot in GST taxes and things like that to not be able to even qualify for rent relief mm -hmm. for the first year our business was open was like it was hard. It was very tough. Well, and especially that, you know, like, I mean, CFIB and like anybody who, who analyzes the role of small businesses in the economy is almost, you understand, there's an understanding and it seems mutual that small startup businesses are the ones who are 
going to have the most difficulty. Like you often don't turn a profit for a couple of years. That's just how business works, right? You spent, you're reinvesting all of your money in advertising or, you know, capital expenditure on your space. So it is, I agree, actually, it is kind of backwards. It's not, it's a little bit discouraging to people who are trying to, to, you know, make something happen in the industry. And I think a lot of people actually don't even know about it. Like when I originally, I did not tell anyone that we weren't receiving any funding from the government. But when I was looking at it, I was saying, me not sharing that information is just doing a disservice to anyone that's considering starting their own business. Yeah. Because it's like, you don't want to take this leap and start investing your life savings into something that could potentially fail because the government doesn't have your back. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It is interesting, actually, I saw, you know, a tweet recently that was like, you know, no, no small business should ever have to, to say like, oh yeah, I'm so, I'm so um, optimistic about my business's future as long as the government doesn't screw it up, right? Yeah. Um, so- And it's I, something, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say like, what kind of, because I imagine there's a lot of costs associated with changing your model as well, right? Like be it reducing the amount of customers or increasing, you know, uh, separation between stations or whatever it is. Like this is all things that you had to pay out of pocket that later eventually you weren't even really able to utilize because you were shut down against, right? Yeah, so the hardest part about personal service was that the government actually didn't really change any of our, they didn't put any restrictions on us. So they said they let us open, but they just made suggestions. Like they said, we suggest that you, space your stations out we suggest that you enhance your ppe they were enforcing masks inside a small business but aside from that like they didn't give us any guidance so a lot of small businesses went above and beyond like us for example we are two stylists working we would not work at the same time as each other so we both cut our hours in half and we said we're going to see half the clients so that when a client is in our salon it's only us and that client they have the whole space to themselves right so I know other salons that did similar things and then to have the government turn around and say, you know what, you guys are still too unsafe to open without even like giving us the opportunity to say like, now we're going to let you guys operate at 25% or you have to have six feet between patrons, like all of those things. Yeah. They didn't even give us the chance, right? And they I, just kind of shut it down. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of interesting because there was really no data behind those decisions, right? Like it was like, okay, well, why are these the individuals or, or businesses that we're targeting? Like if, if there's data, by all means, let me know like why, where, where they're seeing community spread in restaurants or, you know, personal care or whatever it is. Um, but, and I think that that's, I really noticed a shift in consumer confidence in the government in this third lockdown, especially when they targeted those businesses first, because the, the decisions weren't based on anything, right? Have you, as a result of that, have you received a lot of support from your patrons, past clients, future clients, um, and social media, like as a result of it? Absolutely. I would say it has, it's gone in both directions. Any client that has come into the salon, first thing they say is, I can't believe that they are giving you guys this rep because your salon is so safe. Everything is so clean. You guys are very on top of it. But then on the same note, people will say the minute the government does enforce a restriction yeah. that they all of a sudden don't feel safe. So even those clients that were understanding of how clean we were, yeah. because the government said personal services are spreading the virus and they can't contain the virus in their setting, yeah. then that's what people were kind of going off of. So yeah. someone would feel no way about going to Costco. 
they would walk in, not even think twice about it, but because the government is saying that like we are bad and Costco is good, we are kind of getting, like our clients are starting to become a little bit divided. Right. And I'm just worried that going forward, this is going to change how people look at everything, right? Like even now how I pump gas in the future, yeah. I'm going to be a lot more mindful of sanitizing my hands after more so than I would have before. It's going to change how I do it for the rest of my life. So I don't want people to think that personal services are unsafe because that's the rap that we're getting. If like, if you were to think about that in two different ways, right? Like saying that it's divided. If you have one group of people who do believe that what you just mentioned and then one group that doesn't how could your business and the way that it interacts with with the space that you guys lease or own um like how would you what changes would that be in the future less occupancy maybe a smaller demand for space i have even heard some people in your industry saying it's almost becoming a bit more of a direct to consumer channel where you know you're seeing more home visits and a lot of that was people operating in the gray area or illegally um, yeah. you know, during some of the lockdowns, but like, are those trends that you could see happening? I absolutely think so. And I think that even pre COVID salons were trending in that direction. Anyways, things were becoming a lot more like one-on-one -on -one specialty services than they were just like a free for all kind of walk-in appointments. A lot of that has changed. And going forward, I think that we can't extend our sanitation procedures or our safety procedures. Like we are already short from putting on a hazmat suit to go to work. Like there is nothing more that I can do to protect my clients than I'm already doing. Right. And, so, it, and it would run the margins tighter to do so, right? Like if you had to buy hazmat suits as an example, or yeah. said cut your hours or increase your space per um, stylist. Um, interesting. Um, in that respect, like if, if regardless of what direction things do end up trending, what, what do you find has been the best expenditure of your time or energy during a period like this in the lockdown? Like, it seems like you're very active on social media interacting with a lot of people. Is that what you would recommend for most small businesses in a similar position to you? Absolutely. So the biggest thing that we did when we got the first notice of shutdown was we said we are going to gear our business towards no matter what we want to interact with our clients. So even if you can't physically come into the salon, we are gonna do everything possible to bring that service to you because even though people say we're not essential, people do need their hair done. So this entire closure, we have been offering take home color kits, toner kits, being able to buy product online. We've increased our website to be able to do all of those things. And like you mentioned, being present on social media and just constantly reassuring our clients that we are safe, we are doing everything possible to keep you guys safe. That interaction is what has saved us as a business because if we didn't do that or if we didn't have the capability to do that, we would have lost a lot more clients than we already have. So did that mean like having to sort of pivot, pivot almost to like an e-commerce platform a little bit so that people could do Absolutely. that? Absolutely. It's cool. Yeah. Smart. And it's something that a lot of hairdressers don't really know about because typically like we are not the type of business to offer online sales and things like that because we are a service-based industry. So just trying to like really pump up as many things as possible that aren't service related has yeah. helped us get through this for sure. Good. It's good to hear. Mm -hmm. um, on that note, like what, what's the support been like from your clients and existing clients or have you, is it, have you been able to onboard new prospective future clients? And then is there any advice that you can give, especially given that so many people now are really wanting to support small business? Um, 
what could what would you recommend for consumers um, on how they can better support smaller businesses and local business moving forward? So I would say for people to just reach out and make the first step, a lot of people feel like just because salons are closed, like they don't want to reach out to their hairdresser or they don't want to reach out to a local hairdresser to ask questions or like ask about what they can do at home in the meantime. So for any small business that is going through this and is struggling, just open up as many platforms as possible to be able to just talk to people. Yeah. Because no matter what industry you're in, whether you are an eyelash technician, hairstylist, nail tech, barber, whatever it is, once you start talking to your clients, you will notice some kind of need that you can fill for them. There's always going to be something and it'll be completely customized to your business and your clientele, but just opening up those channels to talk to people, that's what will help you get through it. And same for consumers, right? Consumers just need to reach out to their local businesses and just ask what is available. What can I do to help support you? Right. What could possibly make me feel better during this quarantine? What services do you guys offer? Mm -hmm. Just lines of communication. Yeah, for sure. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, I've actually seen even, um, you know, there was a barbershop that I saw that had done, like you could prepay for as many, like a, a subscription model of haircuts monthly for, you know, a year moving forward or whatever, buying gift cards, things like that. So at least they get forward looking revenue. Absolutely. Because um, then it also makes the manageability of things moving forward. Like it's hard for, especially like when I remember when barbershops first opened, it was like you couldn't get an appointment for a month, right? And then yeah. it was down again. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Interesting. That's really good insight. And, and like, I mean, it just comes down to communication, right? That's sort of the foundation of any good relationship. And I think when you're a company, and I think this is changing with personal brands in social media, like, people think that it's hard to interact with a business, right? But I think that the personal brand actually opens up those lines of communication. Um, yeah, like you need to you need to be able to build a rapport with the people that you are interacting with because at the end of the day, if they feel a connection to you, they will support you. Yeah. And sometimes as a small business owner, even just knowing that when you do reopen, you will have that client there ready for you yeah. is enough to help you kind of push through whatever struggles you're facing at that time. For sure, for sure. Okay. Um, is there anything else you wanted to, to chat about before we wrap up? Um, I think that's about it for now. I think we covered everything. Okay. Um, so if people want to touch base with you, ask about the stuff that you're doing or, uh, you know, become a client, um, where would you prefer that they reach out to you? And I'll put it in the show notes as well. So they can either reach out to us on our salon Instagram, which is at Block and Main, or they can visit our website, which is blockandmain.com, and we will respond to everyone as quickly as possible. Any questions that small business owners have or people that are considering opening a business or clients, we will talk to everyone. Amazing. Thank you. I really appreciate uh, your time and the insight's been great as well. Um, I hope- Awesome. Thank you very much. Makes as much value out of this as I did. So I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Bye. Thank you, you too.